When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is brought to you in collaboration with Exalt. Exalt are a brand that provide juices and shakes from all raw, fresh and natural ingredients. And they're designed by nutritional experts. They're a brand that actually reached out to me a couple of months ago. The first thing I did was Google what they're about and their mission, etc. And the first, the first line of their mission statement read... Food fuels our physical, mental and emotional well-being. And straight away, I kind of knew that they're a brand that very much aligns with what we're about at Eat Look Feel. They have a strong focus on sustainability, the mission, the values, the people. They're just a genuinely very, very impressive brand. Throughout my coaching, I talk a lot about creating convenience and enjoyment through your nutrition to create sustainability. And I think what Elksalt are doing is exactly that. They provide ready-to-drink shakes that are super convenient and full of good nutrition. So if you do see Exalt about, give them a go. I can genuinely recommend them, both the products and the brand. Welcome to the Eat, Look, Feel podcast. This podcast is here to delve into inspirational and aspirational guests' personal health, digging a little bit deeper into how they approach their nutrition, their training, and their mindset, all with the idea to create better for themselves. Please subscribe and please do share with anyone who you think might find this valuable. As usual, create better always, the Eat, Look, Feel team. This week's episode is with Will Googe. Will has done a host of challenges over the last few years, most recently completing 48 marathons in 30 days, all in memory of his late mother Mandy. He is in incredible physical shape and to be honest, he's somewhat redefining what ultra running can look like. We sat down at Will's place in London and discussed all things health, challenges, mindset and I think the biggest inspiration to take away from this is how Will turns hardship and difficult times in his life into such positive actions. To be honest, he doesn't really need much more introduction. So without further ado, this is Will Googe. Will, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. Or um, me having you. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the best place to start is the most obvious place with the 4830 challenge. And let's work backwards from there. So for those who don't know, Will ran 48 marathons in 30 days for charity. And yeah, let's go back to the start and tell us why you did it and the reason behind it? Well, the big reason was out of, you'd say, trauma. So I used to play rugby, used to be a big meathead, neck as wide as my head, uh, crash ball 12. Um, but my life was somewhat, I don't know, it, it, was, it was interesting, but I wasn't doing anything with it. And then, uh, unfortunately, my mum passed away from cancer. And that was like a catalyst for change for me. And the the instant thing other than the obvious shock and pain and sadness was like a like an underriding feeling within my soul that I had to make it mean something. And for me, running quickly established itself as a therapy for me dealing with it. And it wasn't like I, I didn't have a plan with it per se to eventually do this challenge I just did, but it helped me so much that when I did my first marathon on the Christmas day after she passed away, I did it for Macmillan Cancer Support. 
And I raised some good money there and it was a very fulfilling feeling. I felt like I haven't been proud of many things I've done in my life, but I was really proud of that. And from, from that with sort of my, as I said, that, that inner bit within me that needed to make it mean something, I quickly turned it to an extreme. And yeah, it was, uh, it, it led to a big challenge in John O'Groats Land's End. And then I did what I called a warm-up, which was before 48th A, which was the 12 marathons of Christmas. And then as a lot of people saw, and it was in September, I started running a marathon in every county in England, trying to do them all in 30 days. So that's the brief wrap-up. Incredible, yeah. So obviously what you've done there is, is insane. And you, you, you sort of briefly mentioned about the mindset side of things. So, you know, it, it was born from trauma, it was born from pain. So let's go right back to where the pain was introduced and the trauma was introduced and mm. how you kind of turned that into a positive thing. Mm. Because obviously I know how you kind of went about that. Yeah. But let's tell, let's tell everyone how you went about turning that pain into, into a positive life. Well, the interesting bit with, it, with me was I hated running when I was playing rugby. I didn't see the point in it. It was a laborious, boring task where you didn't win. And you didn't have like teammates around you. It was just a solo mission that basically sucked and got progressively worse. But the, the happiest moment of my life, which I can pinpoint exactly, was uh, a time in LA when I went on a random run in the morning because I was jet lagged along the beach in uh, Santa Monica. Didn't plan to do a long run, didn't take my shoes. I think it was, I worked out, it was like 14K in the end. I found out about nine months later when I actually tried to figure it out. Um, and when I got back, my mum had call, called me and she said she, she'd spoken to a doctor and she was in remission. So as I said, happiest moment of my life is exactly then. And it was like a, a combination of like post long run feels. If you've ever been on a long run, you know, when you get back, especially after your, like your first ones, there's, I don't know, an aura of just lightness in the air. You feel good. Your endorphins are flowing. So life is basically pretty great. And then getting that news compounded that for me into something I'd always, not, knowledge, not knowing when she passed away, but I was always trying to get back to that feeling I had, which I'd never, I probably will never capture again. Maybe if I have kids, I will. But um, yeah, running for me was, I just found myself doing it when I was sad or when I was angry. It might be like midnight and I'd, I'd go out for a run. It might be freezing cold in the rain. I'd go out for a run and I had this, I had this one route. But for me, I think I, I think I knew at the time, like people said I was dealing with it too well, which I probably was on the surface level. But I quickly realized that I had a white flag I could wave, which I did in certain situations, which was like, I've just had some really terrible news. I'm 23, mom's died, I can go and fuck everything up basically. But for her memory, I, I couldn't do that. And so the th what I've panned out from that is like energy equals emotion and it can be good and it can be bad. But either way, like I don't, I don't say people like running is going to solve your problems or you have to do that. If you've got something that takes your mind off of things or doesn't have to take your mind off, it just helps you deal with it, whether it's creative, whether it is physical, whatever that is, throw your chips in there. Do something that's, that's a positive outcome from that negative energy you've got. And I think, I think everyone can find something that, that is healthy, that is good for them. They, they don't have to take it to an extreme, but it was a tool that I used frequently. I think that's, I think that's an important takeaway that I've seen from, 
it's obviously watching on from where I am, but it's one, it's an incredibly mature approach for a 23 year old to have. I'm, um, I'm not sure how that happens. Yeah. Not sure. but, <laughs> but, but do you know what I mean? Is to yeah. have that, to have that mindset of actually, I'm not going to wave the white flag. I'm yeah. going to turn this problem, this horrible situation, this trauma, this pain into something actually healthy and positive mm. is an incredibly mature mindset. And I think there's, there's definitely something we can all learn from that. As I said, like from, from my point of view, it was, it was making it mean something for her, less so for me. Like, I, I don't know, I'm not very good at, I, I wouldn't say I'm very good at doing things for me or speaking like highly of myself, which probably isn't, a, it's, not, it's not a bad thing and it's not a great thing either, but because I have, some, because I have such a, like a strong attachment and a feeling like I, will, I can praise that all day and I can use that energy all day. Whereas if it was just, like I said, before this all happened, I, was, I had a very average existence. Like what I was doing might have looked like fun and whatnot, but I wasn't doing anything. And now like I have a series of things where I can look back at and go, okay, it's not, it's not normal. And it's like a celebration of my mum, of who she was and the impact she had on me is the reason I do this stuff basically. So Yeah, so almost because it's external, and it was actually something external that happened to you, yeah. you could channel that in towards actually doing it in her memory and yeah. it was for someone else rather than actually being like selfish towards yourself. No way I'd have done any of this if she was still here. I can't, I can't foresee that I'd have found running in any way, shape or form. Did you think you had quite a strong mindset? I mean, obviously you've got an incredible mindset, right? And we'll, we'll delve into that a little podcast goes on. But did you think you had a strong mindset before this, this happened? No. No. Like I pushed myself physically, sure. And I obviously I played rugby to an okay standard, but like if, if shit got tough, like I think I'd, I think I'd give up. Like I never like looking at marathons and the amount I've done is wild, but I never looked at a marathon and thought, yeah, I'm going to do one of those one day. It's like, so yeah, mindset wise, like I got things done, but there was, there was no, I know me now and I, I know me now and I know me then. It's like two different people. I'm still the same, like, in my values and morals and so forth. But, yeah, in terms of, like, being able to knuckle down and grind something out, like, so different. And do you take that into your day-to-day now as well? Somewhat, yeah. There's a lot of things that, like, I'm, I, still, I still suffer or, like, don't do things like normal human beings do. Like, people think I wake up in the morning, like, yippee, can't wait to run. I'm like everyone else, sometimes even worse, like, I don't wake up and go, I want to go run. Sometimes I'll skip it. Sometimes I'll do the thing where you don't work out in the morning. You're like, I'll do it later. And then later I've got a pizza and I'm just chilling on the sofa. So, yeah. When, it, when, when I have something to do, like when it's, when it's time to dance, I'll dance. But the in-between times, like I, I will hold my hands up and say I'm never like perfect. And do you have any tips for turning the day around when that happens? <sighs> turning the day around, I think it's... I think it is literally just having a conversation with yourself that you, you never, like, you never regret a workout ever. Mm. Unless, I guess, unless you injure yourself or whatever, you're overtrained, but I've never done a workout and been like, oh, I wish I didn't do that. Whereas all the other vices of things of like not doing the workout and going out instead or watching the movie and staying up late, like you never, you never regret not going out. Like I woke up this morning. Fresh as a daisy, I felt smug as hell. Like I had, <laughs> I had a fun January, but 
Yeah. I woke up this morning, it's, I think it was 10 to 7. I was like, I'm going for a long run. I haven't done that in a while. But yeah, it's a, it's a balancing act. But as I said, you know you'll never regret like getting out the door and going for a run or yeah. getting in the gym. You don't. Channeling that emotion towards positivity, right? Yeah. Yeah. One of the big takeaways that I've always had that it's been difficult for me to fathom is the lack of self-doubt that you have. Mm. So it just doesn't exist, right? And even, I think, in your day-to-day. Yeah. But also, when I hear you talk about, you know, doing 48 marathons in 30 days, I'm sure there were pretty tough times. But not at one moment during that run were you, did you doubt that you were going to complete it? It's, I, don't know, I don't know where that comes from, uh, to be quite honest. But I remember getting an interesting question. It was like, how do you, how do you stay motivated? And obviously, I had a lot of time to think. So <laughs> <laughs> on one of these runs, I, I thought about it. It was like, I'm not motivated and I'm not unmotivated. Yes. It's simply what I'm doing. Every, day, every morning I'd wake up and it wasn't like, oh, you know, I'm not really feeling it today. It's just, it was, it was a matter of fact, that's what I was doing. And I don't think, when, a, when the challenge is sort of that big, I don't think there's space, I don't think there's space for doubt. Not with me anyway. When it's like a, I guess it's when it's, when it's a, a one-off race or something and you have a time, like, sure, when you're running, there's doubt that you might not make it. But when it's spread out over that long, you just... You can't, you can't doubt that you're going to make it to the end. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't, well, otherwise, it probably wouldn't start, to be honest. I think there's a lot of value in the fact that we can take that into our day-to-days, mm. as in it's not motivation and it's not being demotivated. Yeah. It's actually just almost like an identity. So for that, for that month, you were going yeah. to do that challenge. Yeah. And then it was what put, I guess, obviously, like the logistics come into it, the planning, the routines and habits if you like yeah. i appreciate it. it's very cliche but i think that's where it's changing that identity isn't it it's mm-hmm. not like oh this is a this is a crazy challenge can i do it yeah it's right the next 30 days yeah. is going to be difficult but i'm going to complete them yeah and not sort of looking at it in that whole i was never looking at the end it was always right. it was always it was always one marathon even on the 18 days i had two i never thought about the one in the afternoon it was i'm getting this one done or I'm doing, I'm doing my first 10 miles or an hour and a half until I see the team do that, refuel or whatever. And then it was, I'm out doing another 10 miles or an hour and a half, two mm-hmm. hours. And then see the team, have some more food, whatever. And then it was a 10K to finish. That's generally how I split it up. So you hear it all the time, but like to making it into bite-sized chunks. And then after I finished the marathon, I had a great routine of having my nap with Nucom, loads of loads of CBD, Loads, well, I did it totally opposite to John O'Gates Land's End. There was, I haven't had a pharmaceutical drug in probably, well, over two years. So Au Natural was a massive thing for me. But yeah, that, mid, that section in between Marathon 1 and 2 on any of those days, it was like hitting the reset button. It was, it was, very, it was very strange, but very, very good. Yeah. Like I'd wake up from my nap and it would be, again, not, oh, I can't believe I've got to do another one. It was like, okay, I'm going out for two hours now. And then again, I'm going out for two hours now. And then I got 10K to go, basically. Or that's, that's how it went for the most part. Or that's what I figured out along the way of like the best routine or best way to manage it. But yeah, it, was re- it really was. Every, between every marathon, whether it was going to sleep or having that, the nap between them, I can genuinely say it was like hitting the reset button. Like I was just going to start another one. You've obviously got an incredible mindset, right? But the other side of this is the physicality side of it. And I think 
that doesn't get spoke about enough in terms of you have to put yourself in a position to do these sort of challenges, mm. right? You can have the most incredible mindset in the world and you can have the incredible, you know, like we spoke about, you're driven by pain, driven by trauma, want, yeah. want to create positive, want to be healthy. You've got to put yourself in a position to be even be able to do this from a robustness point of view. Yeah. So your day-to-day, not talking challenge specific, mm-hmm. do you have any sort of non-negotiables with your health? How do you live your day-to-day to make yourself? Because, I mean, obviously, you must live quite a healthy lifestyle for you to be able to, you know, even take challenges like this on. It's not, I, I'm sure it's not an on and off switch yeah. that you kind of have. It's it's day-to-day. Yeah, I'm not like Ricky Hatton where you go exactly. fight weight and then you see me t- like <laughs> 10 days later with a KFC in my hand and like I'm hench. That's but it. no, it's like I always find it or people find it interesting if they don't know me or what I've done and I, I'll say I've, I'm like an ultra on it. It's like always the same thing. It's oh, you look a bit big to be like, like you're too... You're too muscular, you're too stacked in it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you might you might think that. And yeah, if I'm going to try and go and race Ellie Kipchoge, I'm going to get battered all day, sure. But <laughs> when it comes to the like the, the ultra scene, especially like multi-day stage race, the fact that I have more muscle mass, in my case, was well, and I think in a lot of cases, it's like the whole robustness thing. Like that 48.30, I got a stress fracture in my shin. I don't know when it happened. Along the way, I had shin splints, fair enough, but muscle and joint wise like I was I was fine and I guess it's I guess this is how this is how you I'd sum it up do all the 47 marathons and then the last one I'd do a 306 at London so the fact that I could do that showed that I wasn't broken and you can run with a stress fracture so it's not the end I'm not saying do it yeah that was being a little bit bigger and having like um having strength in what I did is like a a massive benefit for me so Day-to-day, I, I, I wouldn't do day-to-day just because all my days-to-days are so different. But over like a week period, I'll have my normal running training. At the minute, I've gone, I've lifted things back up because I've got Marathon de Saab's coming up. But obviously, before the challenge, I'd try and I'd be really trying to get like 100K a weekend. I'm talking, this is ideal. And you know me, Dan, I'm very like up <laughs> and down. My ideal might be 100K one week and then 15 the next, but... Let's just speak in relative terms. So I'm trying to get that much running involved, but I'm also trying to do two to three like strength workouts throughout the week. And a lot of what I've done has been since before I did my first ultra, I was working with a guy called Harvey Lawton who does the movement blueprint. And it's like when I did my first ultras, usual stuff like hip flexors, glutes would take an absolute battering, but it's all these like accessory muscle groups that, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be doing if you're just doing bodybuilding style training, which I still do. Yeah. And I still implement that because it's just what I've always done and I like it. And it's, it's good for my like mental state as well, just to, to do things I enjoy, even though I take things to a maximum. Like I, I still have to have balance where I'm not just. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Running every day because I'd get seriously bored. So there's always been at least one session a week, but usually two of those. And they'll be focused around like, there'll be a hip focus or a knee or ankle. And then I'd throw in some 
the bodybuilding on top of that. But yeah, that's non-negotiables wise. Like I think I don't count calories and things like that, but I'm conscious of what I'm eating. I don't have a, a huge grand plan where I'm like, oh, I've got a, I've got a long run tomorrow, so I'm eating more carbs today. But for the most part, as many fruits and vegetables as I can get. I'm a big believer in the bougie smoothie in the morning. <laughs> Love a smoothie in the morning. Um, yeah, try and get an, as much fruit and vegetables in as possible and then, yeah, some clean protein. But you will see me eating a pizza from time to time and I love a tiramisu. So. And from a recovery point of view, do you have any specific non-negotiables in terms of sleep, in terms of recovery products that you use? Sleep's a massive one for me. Like, I, I work with Pure Sport now, but I, they found me when I was doing John O'Rex Land's End. And CBD-based products is an absolute non-negotiable for me. Nootropics and adaptions, I use basically all the products, but I'll take you through a normal day. I wake up with Boost, which is CBD oil, lion's mane, ginseng. Lion's mane's amazing, by the way. Mushrooms of the future. <laughs> lion's mane, ginseng, and vitamin C. And with the CBD as well, like I'm a, I'm a coffee drinker. I'm not trying to say I need to cut out caffeine or take a break. With the CBD, it really helps like mellow out that caffeine. It's less of a roller coaster, like pick up and you're all of a sudden buzzing and then psh, crash down. So that's really good. And then more mushrooms, mind and body mushroom blend. It's a blend of six mushrooms, chaga, more lion's mane, reishi, maitake, shiitake, cordyceps. Really great for like cognition, switching on, and long-term brain health. Like I think we're, as a society, with just how quick, like the quick fix mentality we have and everything's attainable and everything's a screen. Like we don't know what that's doing to our, to our brains long-term. We're a generation that have all of a sudden got all this technology, especially the one before the ones after us living in the metaverse. I never will live in the metaverse. <laughs> Jesus, it scares me. But yeah, I'm a huge, I'm a huge, huge believer and just testament because of how much it's helped me perform through finding it on Joggle. And finally, this is a prerequisite, but I was taking codeine for the first nine days of that challenge. I was running high. It was terrible. I was not sleeping at night. I was hallucinating. And then I traded out the codeine and took the CBD. And I can honestly say, like, hand on high, I saved the challenge because I was going, I was spiraling downhill and just, like, losing who I was. So, and then I've carried on since then, basically. I don't use ibuprofen. I don't use paracetamol. It's just straight natural wellness products. And then, like, sleep-wise, on the 4830, as I said, I used a device called Nucom, which is amazing. It used to be a, a unit that's... I think it was like $6,000 or something, man. And it was that good. Tony Robbins had, I think it was four of them. One, of it, one in each of his properties, one on his jet, <laughs> that kind of shit. But what it does is it takes your brain waves down to, I think it's alpha and theta, which is like deep meditation and the highest form of recovery sleep you can get. And it does it by using binaural beats and a biosignaling disc that you put on your wrist that makes your brain release GABA, which is like a, a brain chemical that makes you calm. And you do that naturally before you go to sleep so you can, you can drift off nicely. So using that in the middle of the day, like I said, hitting that reset button, if you do it for like 30 minutes, it's, a, it's like having three hours of normal sleep because it takes you straight down to those deeper levels rather than light sleep where you're not necessarily recovering as fast you are asleep though. But yeah, that was insane. 
every day, that reset button. I'd wake up and just feel very calm and like ready to go. And you use that day to day as well? I try. I mean, I'm very like work wise, very busy. We've just gotten like a, a new office, which is great. So it means I can actually take it in before we were in way too much of a closed space. So I, was, I remember doing it a few times, laying on the floor, like under my desk in the oh, office. As in, we're actually talking day to day, you lie on the office yeah. floor and I'd take a nap, right? Yeah, I would do that. But <laughs> as I said, it's like, I like to do, I like to do that. Or my other, re- my other option is to go out for like a, a real light 5K or 3K. Either one of those things, it's like, for me, I have to down tools and totally switch off, even if it's for half an hour to then be more productive in the day. A lot of us, when you're, quote, unquote, everyone says, I'm super busy. If, you're like, if you have a lot of things to do, if you're just trying to chase them all day, you're like, your productivity and like the way you manage things is nowhere near as good as if you actually take a break, stop, reset, and then go back into it. I found that out the hard way. Like you're just there trying to cram everything in and you're, you're going insane. You're not actually liking it at the time either. But if you take, if you take a, an easy moment you can get back in and actually be more productive and happy about it so it's, it's essentially you've used trial and error mm. to find what works for you what sets you up to do you know the best from a performance point of view the best from a mental point of view right mm. as natural as possible mm-hmm. yeah that's how i do it and that goes with the same with food like sure as i said i'll my chocolate bar from time to time but i consciously try and think of like eating whole foods and try and keep the, you know, the refinement down to a minimum. Does your body weight change in terms of like body composition wise? Do you, do you notice, I mean, obviously when you do a challenge yeah. like 4830, it's going to, but sort of day to day, do you have a weight that you like specifically I'm, try and sit I'm at? I'm usually, I'm usually around, I'd say 89 kilos. When I did, when I did 48, I think I was 90 and I went down to about it might have been like 85 quite quickly, but then my weight either stayed the same or went, in fact, up a little bit towards the end. Just because over 30 days, I guess my body was like, oh, we're doing this again, are we? So I <laughs> lost, lost a bit because it was in like a period of somewhat shock. And then it was like, okay, let's go. Let's just be where we are like naturally. So generally I'm between 88 and 90. If I'm trying to be like race weight, but still like just overall overall happy and not always sacrificing like i think for me 86 real is really good and people that run probably hearing that like it's well too way heavy yeah right? well i was yeah. gonna say and that's obviously a big takeaway yeah. is that you don't people that run as far as you do don't tend to look like you do and i mean i appreciate obviously there's the whole mindset side of things you're a bit of an anomaly from that but from a sort of robustness and getting your body prepared to do these sort of things mm. For the keen runners out there, for the people that, you know, are all levels, whether yep. they struggle to run 5K, whether they want to go and do ultras, what do, do you have any tips that you can sort of give generically to people to get better at running or improve at running or get that robustness that you need to go and do things? I'd always say, like, doing some strength work alongside it is, it's like, it changed the game for me in terms of my running and just being and then able to add more mileage on so you can increase mileage increase the training and obviously the effects of that is again run run quicker but sorry run further but then you can also do your speed sessions to get quicker so having having a foundation where 
whereby when you do increase mileage, it's not going to be a huge shock to your system or you, you're basically ready for it is a huge thing for me. So with, that, with Harvey as well, just because I've worked with him so long, we've got a program coming out together. I think it's in a couple of weeks, actually. Anyway, it'll be, whenever this is released, it's like mid-February. So it's, all the, it's like all the training I do to, to be robust, mm-hmm. to be in like a aesthetic shape that I like to be in. It's not nutrition, by the way. So if you go and eat, out and eat pizzas and expect to get shredded on this program, <laughs> you'll still look like a pizza. <laughs> um, but yeah, in terms of like increasing, your, if, you, if you're struggling to do a 5K, and the one thing I always say to people that's starting out, or even if you're just trying to get to ultra from running a marathon, never be afraid to one, run walk. People have this thing of like, if you're going out for a run, you have to run the whole thing. If you're trying to build your mileage, it doesn't matter really how you get it in. If you run for 20 minutes, walk for five. Even if you run for 10 minutes and walk for two and recover and then do another 10 minutes, that's so much better than doing those, doing those 10 or 20 minutes and then being like gassed and stopping. Just don't be afraid. Walk for a little bit and then run again. I walk for bits, especially on ultra, dude. If you, if you think people that do ultra marathons other than probably the pro pros and the pro pros still walk, by the way, if you think you're just going to run in 50k straight, you're a madman. You're not. Yeah. Well, I, I see a hill or an, I still see any kind of incline. And depending on what scenario I'm in, if it's 48th A, any incline, no way. I'm not running up that thing. I'm walking and then a, a flat or a descent, depending on how, how much of a deep dive that descent is, I'll, I'll jog. And is that from an energy expenditure point of view? Yeah, it's just a waste. It's, you, you, you're not going to get. You're not going to get the time you think you're going to get back by running up a hill. And the shuffle doesn't work as well up a hill. The shuffle does <laughs> not work quite as well running up a hill. Yeah, that shuffle was, shuffle's been good to me. <laughs> <laughs> Never stop shuffling. No. So one question that I like to ask and finish on, what is the ultimate goal with your personal health? Interesting one. So where do you want to take things? Well, I need to find out where... I, I, it's another fear of mine. It's like, I don't, 4830 for me was something where from the outside, it looked like I was doing it too well. And probably, and from my point of view as well, I'll honestly say it wasn't as hard as I wanted it to be, which is somewhat psychotic, but it's just the way I am. So in terms of health, I want to, maybe it's unhealthy, who knows, but I really need to find where the limit is. I can't like, it's, when you get, I think when you get into ultra, the it's like a, an itchy scratch, and the more you do it, the itchy you get. So, so you're almost wanting to fail. Yeah, I think so. Or I need to, I need to, I need to be somewhere where I'm like really, really struggling. But health wise, just I just want to, I just want to feel good. It doesn't necessarily like my aesthetic things of how I used to be were way more warped than they are now. It's all about being like as shredded as you can be, whatever. And now because I have like a performance element, I'm, I'm really not that hung up on that. But health-wise, I notice when you're in a good groove, you just, you feel good every day. You have a routine, you wake up early and it's not, it's not like a, a killer for you and you're not dragging your knuckles through the day. Health for me is just generally feeling like content, good. You eat clean food, you don't have like any kind of stomach problems. And again, for me, just keeping it natural. I think Mother Nature has the answer to all our problems and modern, modern medicine and science is great when you really need it. 
man, we're all too fucking quick to go. This quick fix mentality. Oh, I've got a headache. Give me a painkiller. I think it's, it's the side effects outweigh how, how it's making you feel. And there's natural remedies for most things. And if you have a good diet and you take these things consistently anyway, you're not going to have those normal issues that you'd have if you had a bad diet and you were smashing painkillers or anti-inflammatories all the time. Almost the idea that natural is the prevention beats rehabilitation, exactly. right? So 100%. you think you can prevent a lot more by staying natural, by eating well, by looking after yourself. Yeah, I've never been, I've never been so consistently well since I switched out what I would say is like a, a normal diet or normal way of dealing with medicinal things to everything I'm doing now. Proofs in the pudding. My pudding's doing well. <laughs> that is one thing that it is. <laughs> Will, you're a class act. Um, thank you for your time. Boy, thanks for coming and joining me on 4830. We didn't even tell people that you came and did that. No, we kept that quiet because yeah. you quite clearly outran me after running. Nah. I think I, I got there day... I think I got there day 15. Yeah. And and the second marathon of that day. Yeah, because I've just left... I think I've left, left, just left Norfolk and out. At least I ran up the hills, though. Yeah, you did. And you bought me some banana bread. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for your time. Big up, Dan. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.